On this episode, my buddy Andrew Brandt stops by. We're gonna talk sports, sports business, cannabis, sports betting, a little Vayner sports. I think you're gonna enjoy it. Hey everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk, episode 307 of the Ask Gary B Show, a special one for me, we'll get into that in a couple of minutes. Andrew Brandt is in the building, I'm gonna let him uh, tell all of you who you are. If you're watching on Facebook, are we live yet? If you're watching on Facebook, um, I highly recommend that you, oh, did Facebook hear that sports card rant? That's awesome. I kind of like it because they're like, oh crap, you actually meet, feel, that's cool. Anyway, uh, but yeah, let, I'm, now that we're doing the podcast, let me just tell you, I believe sports cards are about to explode in value. Uh, graded, hard to get, old, one of ones, Zions, you know, Giannis, 86, 87 Fleer basketball. I'll go into it later, we'll have a whole separate episode, but today we have Andrew Brandt and, um, and I'm gonna allow him to uh, introduce himself, but if you're watching on Facebook, I'd like you to call in. I think you're gonna have some fun. This gets into a lot of my passions and a lot of things I'm into, but what I'm always passionate about is good human beings, and I recall very vividly our first kind of get-together, and I put him directly into that category, thoughtful, good human beings, and uh, and now we're jamming together. We'll get into that in a minute, but why don't, Andrew, why don't you give him the origin story? Like, uh, assume they don't know who you are, create the context. Who are you, my friend? Yeah, thanks, it's great to be with you. And <laughs> Thank you, bro. We'll get into our story in a minute together, but I've always been in sports, which is really, a, a, I'm a fortunate soul because so many people wanna get into sports and here I am. I've led a life with really three decades in the sports business, one decade as an agent representing players, one decade as a team guy managing the Green Bay Packers, and the past decade really sort of coming into my own brand in media and academia and trying to take people behind the curtain. So I grew up in Washington, D.C., born and raised a Redskin fan, that changed, but going to games early on with my dad really sort of turned me on to the passion of sports. And even as a young kid, I was less about, and this is kind of gets into your background, I was less about who's the better player, who's the better team, than more about what makes these teams successful? Why are this te- is this team always good? Why is this team always bad? Why is this league successful? Why is this player always in commercials and these How other players? How old are you? Now? Yeah. 58. Okay, so you're 15 years older than me. Okay, go ahead. So I grew up in, no, the Redskins were. The shit. Washington Nationals the first time are gone at this yeah, point? Yeah, they're leaving. The they're Senators. Leaving, right? Senators. Senators. When I was a baby right. and I cried because yep. I just started fouling them way back in the day with Frank Howard. Did you have to go right to the Orioles because they were around? Yeah, kind of the Orioles. But, but it felt kinda, weird? Kind of not baseball. You know, I went yeah. to Orioles games because they were there, but... What about the Bullets? Bullets were my team. I even you kept... You love Wes I kept a Washington Bullets journal. I was so into it. A journal. And they won in my high school years. So when they win, you know, that's big. Huge. So we had Elvin Hayes, Wes Unsell, Bobby Dandridge, Tommy Henderson, Kevin Greavy, Nick Weatherspoon, Mitch Kupchak. Uh-huh. That was the team. And Were you super pissed when the Pearl got traded <laughs> to the Knicks? Yes. That was devastating. Yeah, I mean, that was before my time. That was Baltimore Bullets. Mm-hmm. So I'm not that old, but mm-hmm. I remember him. And I remember playing those years in playoffs against like Houston with Moses Malone and mm-hmm. San Antonio with the Iceman and that finger roll. Uh, but I was so you're a big it. basketball guy. I was into the Bullets big yep. time. Because we won. And I was yep. in that, those fortunate days. We won... The Redskins, too, with John Riggins and that team with... 82? That was the yeah. 70... 
Yeah, that was the '82 team. You know, you know, it's you know, we would not have a friendship if the Jets beat the Dolphins in the <laughs> AFC Championship <laughs> right. game in '82 it because been then Jet they would have played. Yeah, and Riggins was a former Jet. That's right. A lot of people don't know that. John Riggins was a New York Jet. People don't think about that. Uh, no, because he's so, you know, synonymous with the, uh, did you, were you watching the Monday night game when Theismann? Yeah, like, I was happened? there. You were, I was you were there. physically there. I was there with my dad and it was, you know, yeah, I saw the Lawrence Taylor sack and then the, the yeah, even he reacted when crazy. he made the reaction that was crazy and we just sort of sat there in those days, you know, you didn't see the replays and you're not right. watching TV You're not watching. The right. They're not even showing in Jumbotron. Jumbotron. Yeah. No, you just sort of like, wow, he's down a long time. So that was the end of Theismann. It was really something because I grew up when Theismann was kind of this up and comer. You still had Sonny Jurgensen, yeah. who's a fixture yeah. in DC sports. And then, of course, Billy Kilmer and then Joe Theismann was returning punts when he came in. He was imagine, imagine that yeah. a quarterback. But I went cross country to Stanford. It was so cool. So you were a smart kid. I was a smart kid, but I mean, I'm thinking, I'm looking at, you know, I have a son at NYU, I have a son applying to colleges. Like, I could never get into Stanford these days. Yeah, they changed. You know, and unless you I'm have to buy, pay now. buying a sailing team or whatever. <laughs> but here Sorry, I am, I, I get into Stanford. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't pay $4 million no, to get into Stanford? You know, everyone's looking at me like, what did my dad, is there a brand wing now at Stanford? <laughs> And uh, somehow, some way, I got in. They're like, we need one more kid from D.C. Yeah, they for need the quota. a D.C. a Jewish kid let's, from D.C. So. Let's go, start with A. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, Andrew I got Brandt. in. Andrew Brandt. That was perfect. a little different because a lot of extent, uh, California kids. I was trying to find my way as an East Coast kid. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How close were you to overlapping with Elway? Same year. Get the fuck yeah, out year. of here. Elway was a baseball kid more uh, than a no, football kid. I know. He was a huge prospect. Oh man, he was playing Yankee stuff yeah. in the in the off seasons. And I was the I was the radio. You guy. went to Stanford when the fucking the players on the band Cal yeah, game. That's my last play, my last game. Uh, yeah, Come yeah. on. And I did the play by. I didn't do play by. I did color commentary for all the football and basketball games. KZSU. Anyone you were listening. You called. Did, yeah. The band game. Yeah, and I can't find the tape. You have to find the tape. <laughs> I have to find the tape. No, no, you have to like sue the state of California. You need this tape, Andrew. Well, this is the most important thing in your life. How are you even sitting here? Unlike the Andrew, you literally need to leave right now. We'll no, rebook. You have to because fight. you don't want to hear me because the cow people doing it. Do you even know this? <laughs> Do you even know what we're talking about? So there is he a was just a thought. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't even a legendary <laughs> football game. It is like one of the most. The band. Like, the band was on the field. The game was over. The game was, yeah. the game was over. It was the last kickoff the, of. And why they, do you have to do this? Why do you, I'm I dying. Mean, I know this memory. Yeah. Of course you, you know, know this memory. You fucking called the I'm play. But I'm doing the play, and I, if you play the cow tape, yeah, the guy's screaming excited. But you play the Stanford tape. We're like. Uh, yeah, no. but I'm curious we're what like, you're no. saying. You're like great no. win for us here today. Like, no. I'm thinking about you saying, saying great win over Cal again. <laughs> super pumped. What a feeling for this to be my last game, defeating our rivals at Cal. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Wait, wait, what's that? What? What is happening? Dude, this is the, do you know this is the great, this is Do you the, know what I'm saying? Watch this. Hold on. I'm, I'm showing your son. I'm saying no. Your dad is no. I'm saying no. Knee is down. Knee is down. Knee is down. This is the last play of the game. Knee is down. <laughs> right? That's what I was saying. Don't worry. Like, don't worry. Knee's down. Don't worry. Wait, here's where it gets good. They're not going to call this. The band is on the fucking field. <laughs> There's the bands on the fucking field. God, you had to bring this up. <laughs> That's what I was saying. So, and you have to bring, I got colleagues 
you know, Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Longwell, all the guys I work. I mean, everybody, Amy Trask, who's in media with Wait me minute, now. Wait a minute, let's jump around all here. these cow people. You negotiated Aaron Rodgers' <laughs> contract on the Packers' side. Did some of the lingering anger of that play make you negotiate harder? No. Okay, just was curious. But when I met him, I was the first topic, you know. And we can talk about drafting Aaron. That's a great story I'll tell you here. You, yeah, well, you told me at once. What and a then, fucking story. And then living three years with Aaron and Brett together, that – that, that shaped you as a man. Well, that's something that you have to. No one knows. Well, it's you really, know, you no know, it's one really knows. Funny, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna create more context, but it's funny. I was thinking, like, I, I looked at my calendar a couple hours ago. I'm like, oh shit, today's the day we're gonna have the podcast. Yeah. And I was like, you know, what's really interesting is when I think about you. Obviously, you've built this huge brand. You talked about it in chapter three. A lot of people follow you for like, you know, contract negotiate, like, like sports business. The yeah. lockout. I remember yeah, you were yeah. a fixture. Yeah, yes, you man. have this incredible. You know, there's not a lot of people who spent a decade each in being an agent and then being on the on the team side. Your perspective. You're an articulate dude. It's why educate. Like it all makes sense. Um, but it's funny you managing something like the Packers. The world I live in, I actually view you much more as like a publicly traded company executive. Yeah. yeah. When you're held accountable, and you're an institute, I actually, when I think about you, I'm like, hmm, I remember this. I remember leaving and be like, wow, I'm excited to get to know this guy because one of the things I like about him is he's more similar, he probably has more advice for the CEO of Coca-Cola. Like, when I think about the humans that walk on earth that could give great advice to CEOs or CMOs, of Fortune 500 brands that have iconic brand equity, you sneakily, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, like, I wanna talk to you about, like, cannabis a little bit, I wanna talk to you about sports betting, I wanna talk to you about trends and how they affect sports business, but it is really funny to me, when I think about, like, where, where, where I see so much opportunity for you personally, and through talking to you, you know, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, like, when you're running the Packers, that is like religion. You know what was the interesting thing, Gary? When I'm at the Packers, there's no one telling me my job. Like, we had so much autonomy. Obviously, the GM on the player side and the coach on the coaching side. Of course. We talk about the McCarthy and stuff. But listen, if I do a contract for $20 million or $50 million, no one's going to say, hey, you should have done it for 20 Or you should have done it for... So I was awed by that by the magnitude of that role but I didn't get awed by it in my role I always fashion myself as a steward of a public trust the Packers are really a national treasure they're a public trust so I always walked around what would the shareholders want did you ever have somebody like pull up to you at like like a restaurant be like don't forget I own oh yeah for me those are owners shares the freaking cheeseheads that's them I'm pumping gas. Like, they're tapping me on my shoulder. How's that Donald Driver contract uh-huh. going? I'm like, come on. <laughs> you know? And I like then that shit. That's good. Everyone knows everyone there. I mean, you can't. And ultimately. Yeah, that's exactly right. Ultimately, the reason we left. The reason we left was and that. And when you say we, family? Family. You and your family. Yeah. yeah. We moved. We got out of that. You remember? He was How young. How old were you when you guys moved? 11. Yeah, 11. Are you a Packers fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. You couldn't walk out of your house and not talk about the Packers. And I wanted more diversity for these guys. Yeah. I wanted a little different life for myself. Yeah, I get it. And hmm. I, you know, the team part is, is a great a life. My whole life was just talking about the Jets. <laughs> be happiest kid on earth. I'll tell you, the, the, you talk about passion for the Jets. One time I'm up there with Sam, and we're, I took off at the beginning of training camp. Everyone signed. I'm like, I can take three days at the beach. Great. Go up to this northern Wisconsin beach. Beautiful. 
uh, remote. But then Mark Hadler, player Beach person, or lake? It's a lake. Okay. Yeah, it's on the lake. He says, we're going to do this trade with Buffalo. We're trading this guy, David Bowens, for a tight end from the Bills. I need you to call it in from the league. I'm like, okay, no problem. Yeah, no it's not like messing yeah, up my no vacation. Yep. Call the league office. Halfway through the call, stops. Phone dies. Look around, no cell, anything. <laughs> so I see up on the corner, there's a ranger shack. I get Sammy in his little trunks and me in my trunks, wet, walk up, hike. I drag you up to this ranger shack. I say, listen. Can I use your phone? He's like, well, who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm with the Green Bay Packers. We're about to trade David Bowens to the Buffalo Bills, but I need your phone. And he looks at me like, yeah. get, get out of my, get yeah. him out of my. And, and I'm like, what am I going to do? So I like put my hand on the table, go right up to him. I said, we are trading David Bowens to the <laughs> Buffalo Bills if you let me. If, we, if you don't, this trade doesn't happen. And he looks at me and he says, I knew I had him because he said, why are we trading Bowens? <laughs> I said, I'll tell you in a minute. So I, I use the it. phone. I do the trade. Get him out. I said, we need a tight end. He's like, you, you just, yeah. I bring Man, him, I wish I was that him, ranger. Bring him and I paper. wish I was like, had an opinion on the trade and altered the history of it. <laughs> That's amazing. Sam had That's to really pee. Cool. I went, you, you went on the side of the, the, the shack there. It's amazing. It's, a, <laughs> it's, a it's really, I don't think, you know. It's when a unique are, situation. You know, music, sports. Like, I don't think people realize how much silliness and all. Like, I always laugh about the things that happen. Like, yeah. the missed phone call. Like, the, the history of, like, everything in these sports can get. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers story is nuts. Yeah. I think we should go right into it. I yeah. think this is going to blow people away. 2005 draft night. We have our board. It's up on <laughs> yeah, the wall. If people see me on the board, you know, see me showing the board here. So, first round grades. This is every team. Yeah. You know, we everybody had, grades everybody. At that time, we had maybe 20 players above a first round line. Okay. So, 30, we didn't have 32. We had 20. 20 people you think were worth we're a first round pick. We're worth a first round pick. 24 was our pick. 24. So, two things happened that night. Number one, everyone we wanted except one player got taken. That's right. <laughs> we wanted DeMarcus Ware bad, Dallas. You we wanted right Marcus that. Spears bad, nice player Dallas. We wanted, uh, we wanted the guy on ESPN, my friend uh, Pollock. Oh, yeah. Gone. Cincinnati. Yep. We wanted Derek Johnson, Kansas City. Kansas City, yep. We wanted, we wanted Pac-Man, Tennessee. Got so, lucky. yeah, he's a character. The second thing that happened, we did, yeah, we, there were issues there. <laughs> the second thing that happened was no one was taking the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Now, Gruden had told him he's going to take him to his face. <laughs> Gruden takes Cadillac Williams. <laughs> Tennessee, we thought, they're taking him. No, they took Pac-Man. Kansas City, we thought, no, they took Derek Johnson. We're coming up on this. And now, Gary, you got to picture this. I'm in the middle. We got management, GM. Ted on the left, mm -hmm. with Mike. Uh, I'm sorry, Mike Sherman, not McCarthy, yep. is over here, and all these offensive coaches and stuff are over here. We're about to sort of get up to our spot, and these offensive coaches are yanking, and they're like, Andrew, we can't do this. We can't take Rodgers. do this. Because we like, don't need them. We've right, got Barb in place, right. and we've got other needs. If you're a coach, and who do they want? And who do want, they want? The last thing you want as a coach is taking a player in the first round that will not play help for you. years. Yep. Not help you this year, not help you next year, maybe yep. not help you ever. So they want us to dip into our second round grades and take an offensive know, lineman, offensive a receiver, line, or yep. even the defensive coaches. Take. He'd been on the board at all. 
Yeah, he's a first round grade. He's our only player up there in a first round grade. They just never thought he'd, they'd ever get him. He, well, Andy, thinking. Andy, it was 50 50 that he was going to go number one right. overall. So, Alex so Smith San Francisco went one, takes Smith and, then the whole and, he, and he drops. So now we got all the management. And Andrew, all real these, quick, real quick, because I, I like breaking up the stories yeah. real quick. Gut feeling. Do you think Aaron Rodgers has as successful a career if he goes one overall? No. You don't. You do believe that that sh- like you knew he you think he would be good, but you do believe that something happened in that hour, that chip on the sh- that was a couple hours, that chip on the shoulder was a tremendous fuel for more success. Yeah, and I think backing up Brett helped. He hated it, but I think it helped rather than being thrown into whatever was going on. So not in so San Francisco. That's that's not what I'm asking. That's a different. That's part. a different okay. question, which is a great question. Which is sitting behind Favre for three yeah. years. Yeah. Did it help? Separate question. Right. Chip on shoulder. Yeah, I think so because yeah. he plays I that well. That shit too, he man. trades on that, and he's good at trading on that. Brady and him he do the same. It. Brady does it too. It's the same I thing. do it too. But Brady, Brady's two hundred. I, I always told Aaron, Brady's two hundred. You're twenty four. I mean, how many players want to like, be twenty four? Fuck you, Andrew. Should have been one. I know. Fuck Alex That's Smith. Him. That's what he says. Finishing up that story, they say. What do we always say? Now, these GMs are now all GMs. Reggie McKenzie, John Take the Schneider. best player on the board. Right. Uh-huh. What is Does the it matter? Take, if the Jets do that this year, we don't need more defense, Jets, if you're listening. <laughs> Go ahead. Trust the board. So here's the, here's the story. Ted Thompson says, get him on the phone. I thought he meant him, me and the agent, Mike Sullivan, who I've known forever. I call the number. Hello? Mike? Mike's the agent's name. No, it's Aaron. I'm like, Aaron, it's Andrew Brown from the Green Bay Packers. Can I talk to Mike? <laughs> and I felt so bad. And then Aaron's, you know, Mike's like, are you going to take him? Are you going to take him? Are you take him? I'm like, hold on. So my instructions are 15 minutes then. Yeah. And Aaron's in this room. The caterers have packed up everything. He's been there five hours. Yeah, he's the parents. Scene and a half. If you're and watching been right now, in, Google it. And Aaron if Rogers you're an traffic, agent. He's supposed to go one. It's 23. The camera's in his They face changed the, the rule after that year. That's yeah. right. In it, his face the whole time. And he's getting more pissed. The whole world's watching, and you're just slipping. So I got to keep him there 12 more minutes. Said, keep him on the phone 12 minutes, and let's see if that phone rings. Because, because you guys had decided if that you we would, got an that offer, if somebody called you, not any offer, but, but if we got a good offer, a decent a offer, a decent offer, the whole NFL would look different. That phone, 12 minutes, you got. I'm watching Aaron. I'm watching Mike talk to me on the phone. And guys, real quick, for for everybody who's not a football nerd, at 24, all those teams in the first round that were heavily considering him, but for some reason went elsewhere, it wouldn't have cost them a fortune. They could have used a second round pick and some other collateral. It wouldn't have been. I don't know. Maybe second and third. Maybe two twos. Two twos or a second and a third to move back into the first round, take who they wanted at nine, Pac-Man, Tennessee could have had, I mean, they have McNair. I'm trying to remember, the, it's hard to remember, but it wasn't so, it wasn't like you had the fourth pick where it's like you're giving up two drafts to get one guy. It wasn't hard to go into 24. Oh my God. From the early second round, it have was. your cake and eat it too and take Aaron fucking Rodgers, but nobody called. Crickets. And you guys said, Crickets. fuck it, we'll just take him. Two minutes left on the clock. Ted says, tell him. I tell him and you we- tell, You're like on the phone with him bullshitting for 10 minutes. Yeah, and I'm not saying a word. <laughs> I'm not saying a word because I don't want to. I don't yeah, want to hear yeah. it. I'm like Mike. You just gotta hold. You gotta stay with me here. Longest 12 minutes Aaron's life. I'm sure. And then what so, you say, Aaron? Congratulations, you're a yeah. Green Bay Packer. And then I hand the phone to. Uh, yeah. To, so you don't know what he says that, or did you hear what he said to, to you? Sherman? He said, immediately gets a. Call, I immediately get a call from Favre, agent. Immediately. Immediately. 
Favre, I'm sure Mike uh, Favre talked to the coach. Who was that, Buzz Cook? Buzz Cook. And then we have a draft party. Listen to this. We have a draft party going on in Lambeau. I don't know, a thousand people right below us? Yeah. Booing. Oh, my God, were they booing. And I'm like, come on, guys. And and like everyone. What was Buzz saying? Yelling his ass off? He's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Replacing him? What? what?" I'm like, just hold on. (laughs) Just hold on. And I had that conversation over three years. Like, like, you had two parties. I mean, you were in the middle. And like for three years, Brett's side is like, are you just trying to replace us? No. Aaron's side is. The fuck are you doing with us? He's never going to play. What are you doing? Trade us. Did they ever ever really push for trade? No. Never? Not in those terms. No. But they alluded to it. I heard the phrase. He's never going to retire many times. Well, like, they were right. <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of didn't. Well, I mean, for years we asked Brett to come back, and that last year we frankly didn't. We didn't say don't come back, but we said it's up to you. Yeah. He didn't like the way you phrased it. I guess. <laughs> and he, he, now he retired a big Terry press conference. In hindsight, in hindsight, Mark Murphy or someone should have had the conversation, which is, we think you might want to come back at some point. Yeah. You might get that itch and we're letting you know we're turning the keys over here because when he did come back, I was in that room. I heard that conversation where Mike McCarthy said those three words. We've moved on and you're a hall of fame player. You've, you've had that role for 17 years and you hear those words, which then led to one of That's my powerful. greatest moments in football history. I'm in India on a wine trip. <laughs> he becomes a jet. And I'm like, and I get like these frantic messages at two 30 in the morning from AJ. And now like there was a little rumbling right before I left, but it smoked up real heavy. And he's like, Brett Favre's going to be a jet. There's some weird footage of like our <laughs> GM and coach and like, on a plane, plane. This and that, and I'm like, and I'm on Ustream, the old like, like trying to stream with AJ. So he points the camera to the TV. I stayed up all night going crazy on Twitter. Yeah. Super Bowl. Well, so he wanted thinking. to go to the Vikings, and we made a trade with the Jets that he could not. They could not trade him back to the NFC North, and then of course he went to the Vikings a year later. But I love Brett. I love Aaron. No, you're never gonna get me the in sing- the middle of those. The single, two. the single Bets Jets win in regular season history was in week 11 or 12, I don't know when Tennessee had a bye, but the Jets with Favre were nine and three or nine and two or eight and two, eight and two, and we played the 10 and 0, uh, eight and three. We were eight and three and we were playing the 10 and 0 Tennessee Titans in Nashville and we walked in there and beat the <laughs> fucking shit out of them. Oh, we eight? beat them 30. Oh, nine? Yeah, oh, we beat them 30 to seven, 30 to 10. Wow. And I remember that was the only game the Jets then went on to two AFC championship games with Mark, yeah. you know, with Mark Sanchez and all that. I've been to four AFC championship games, right, in my life. We've won none of them. Right. I've never been to the Super Bowl. And there was never a moment that I actually thought the Jets were going to the Super Bowl except for one moment. That weird game because they were 10 and 0. Yeah. It wasn't a good Brady was out for the year. Brady was about, out for the year. Wait, this is Favre's Jets year. This is this Favre's is Jets year. McNair and George and no, that was Kerry Ke- uh, Kerry Collins. What was it? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. What's the final? Go to the end. The Jets. Dis- I mean, it's thirty-three to thirteen at this point. Thirty-four to four, thirteen. It was Kerry Collins. They had Chris Johnson run back. Like, oh, beat, that team. Yeah. This is a ten and zero team. We'll be Chris Johnson. We were eight and three. They went to ten and one. We were eight and two. I nailed it. 
Give me some for that. We <laughs> fucking beat the shit out of them. It was the best. <laughs> and I actually thought after beating a 10 and 0 team, 34 to 13, on their home turf, they were 10 and 0. What happened there? They sizzled at the end, right? Yeah, they fizzled. We, 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 who, the Jets? Yeah. Favre got hurt the next Favre week. Favre got hurt. But didn't tell anybody, because he's a maniac. He never missed. Played, yeah. and we went from nine and three to missing the playoffs. We didn't make the playoffs. Oh, I remember that. Did he stop playing? Nope, he played. He, he, listen. Yes, this is why. I laugh at that him. question. That guy played through everything. I used to joke when we cut the roster in September. I said, let's just keep one quarterback. Forget two. Yeah, don't need him. <laughs> he will never miss. Ever. And Andrew, hot takes. When, sports betting. Yeah. What's your opinion about the impact on the industry? Like as a bit, back to what I really wanted you here yeah. on. Obviously, I can talk football we stories. We can do stories I want to be I want to be fair to the audience that thinks about business and entrepreneurship and kind of positioning, and this is where I think you're extremely thoughtful. Just your observation of sports betting. I think it's changing the game because what does every young person want? They want data, and data and gambling are, are, are fan engagement tools. When in the NFL and all these sports embraced fantasy three years ago, when the, the DFS and, and yeah. FanDuel and DraftKings exploded on the scene, people are like, well, wait a minute. The, the leagues have been afraid of gambling all these years. Well, they would say, this is not gambling. This That's is right. betting on individual outcomes, not team outcomes. And you had silver investing in FanDuel. And, 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 uh, and I'm like, of course this is gambling. And it's, it's fan engagement. It's bringing in so many fans that hold on to sports just because of gambling. Football was always based on this. I mean, Jimmy the Greek, when I was I a kid. Know. Of course it is. They would talk about the spread on the TV. There's some 80s shit when they did all sorts of other things, So too. I think two things paved the way. The DFS, the, the fantasy, and the lure of Vegas. I'm covering for ESPN these NFL meetings about Oakland rate transferring, and I'm talking to these owners. So what do you think about Las Vegas? Is it, They're like, well, we're not sure it's a tourism market. We're not sure it's sustainable. It's a smaller market. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What about gambling? Oh, that's fine. I'm like, fuck. What the mean? It's fine. Like for 80 years, you ban Pete Car- Pete Horning, Paul Horning, and, and Alex Karras. You, you know, you won't let Tony Romo go to a fantasy football convention four years ago. What the hell happened? Money. Yes. <laughs> what and now happened? they're trying to. Let me save everybody a lot of time. <laughs> Money. So they wanted the federal statute. The Supreme Court beat them to it. For yeah. anyone who hasn't followed. May 14th, Supreme Court basically legalizes sports betting, but now it's on a state-by-state basis. Yep, just like liquor. Yeah. Just like liquor. So New Jer- you, know. you have seven states. I think you'll have 10 by the football season. You'll have 20 by this time next year. You'll have 44. But you'll there. have 44 except for six places that decide to go conservative, yeah. and that's it. So Mark Cuban lets it out the first day like it just doubled our franchise value. Now, I don't know if that's the case, but look at all the revenues. The average non-betting fan watches about 15, 16 games a year in the NFL. The average betting fan watches 50. Think about the revenue generation for that. Media deals will go up. Franchise values will go up. Sponsorship deals will go up. Everything will go up because it's such a fan engagement Do you tool. believe that we forget about the Black Sox scandal? Yeah. We forget about Pete. We forget about Pete Rose. Yeah. We forget about this. Do you, do you believe that we are absolutely now appropriately opening up and changing with the times of the sports betting, but are now in the beginning stages of something that will happen over the next 20 years where there will be a massive point-shaving scandal. I mean, just for the kids in here, the world, they, the Black Sox threw the World Series. That's the how Chicago, commissioners started in sports. First commissioner came out of that. Judge the Chicago Landis. White Sox threw the World Series. Black Sox scandal. Right? 
You didn't know that, huh? That's right, you youngsters. <laughs> All you fucking youngsters watching <laughs> on stream and listening on podcasts, I know you don't know this. This is how stuff like this happens. Yeah. The World Series, which just to remind everybody of what happened in 1919 or whatever that was, like baseball was baseball, football, esports, the internet. Like it was the only thing that mattered in America. Yeah, it was all baseball. Oh, it was all of it. It was all of it. So now the the whole thing that the world that America cares about gets thrown because mobsters paid off players to throw it. So now you get into the gambling bans. Now you understand why it happened. Yeah. Now none of you know this. Andy's a smart kid, and he's not even eighteen. He's thirty, right? <laughs> Thirty-one. Beautiful. And you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. This is exactly how shit comes back. But when you guys find out that the 2029 NBA Finals was thrown because the Giannis or LeBron or Steph Curry of the day, this is real. Shoeless Joe Jackson, top 10 player. Could you imagine the thought of a major, could you imagine waking up and finding that the NBA Finals last year was thrown because LeBron didn't try? Do you understand what would happen? All these leagues sell themselves on integrity. And you know where I'm really scared? Yeah. College. Yeah, because they're not making anything. Yeah. That's right. Because in college, the Bowling Green versus Tulane basketball game. These tennis matches in in Belarusia. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, Belarusia. I'm from there. (laughs) I know you are. (laughs) I don't even know if it's a country. Well, that's that's where it happens. But it's out in the light, Gary, because now. It, there's, you know, now you can regulate. Is, you know what's crazy? You can the regulate. The question in our society is, do people even give a fuck? It's like steroids. I'm fascinated about steroids. Yeah. I'm not sure anybody gives a fuck. Baseball people do, for some reason. And my whole other thing is like, what don't. if we went the other way and said, everybody can? Then everyone's like, oh, it's the same shit. Like, it's kind of like, the, what we hate is hypocrisy. Right. We don't want one to, it throws off the equilibrium. It's a very look. Well, the steroid thing is, is is how do you get an edge? You know, like we had players in Green Bay that. What lived, do you think about the football? I'm going to go. Lived in oxygenated. Uh, what oh, is it? Yes. You know, is that too much of an edge? Should that you be mean the Rockies? No, yeah, like when you what is it called? Mountain. Um, yeah, the fucking Rockies. Altitude training yeah. instead of doing oh, it on the, on the treadmill. Or what about the Rockies? Like they the put Gallo it in Rock their whole house. Burks homers back in the day count <laughs> exactly. What, what do you think about the league? Do you think with the, a, what was it, AAFL? AFL yeah, yeah. It folded. Obviously, XFL's coming. Like, do you, here's a fun thing, because we're going to be old men, friend togethers, so I want to recall this clip in 28 years. Yeah. Do you believe in the, let's just call them, in the, I'll give hockey, I'll put soccer into it. In the five major sports, esports is going to be bigger than most of them, but like, do you think there'll be a significant, actually, basketball, football, baseball, do you believe there will be a significant league in basketball, football, or baseball in the next 20 years, not named MLB, NBA, NFL. Yeah. I'm giving the XFL a chance. Now, significance a different word than... Why? Because unlike the league that just folded, AF, and I had those guys on my podcast, Dundon, the funder, and never saw the founder, and too many investors, they all had different goals, and they were developmental versus getting a TV deal, getting subsumed by the NFL. XFL's got one investor, as you know. Yep. One investor. Yeah. Vince. And, and he, he just sold $280 million of stock. So he can fund this league. Now, what are the expectations? Are they going to have a cap? Are they going to allow to pay for big uh, Kaepernick or pay for a Tebow? Go outside of any kind of structure because once one owner does, everyone else is going to want to, a la uh, USFL, and that could upset the Apple How cart. much did you like the or hate or not care about the USFL? Because I loved it. I thought it had a chance. Because the generals were fun. Yeah, I was they Jersey, were fun. They were fun. And they were called the Jersey Generals, which was like, whoa, Jersey, we got something. And we had fucking Herschel Walker. 
well, we love football. I mean, that's why the AFU week one was like, wow, this is great. And then people forgot about it, right? Like, do you think between much like Super that, Bowl? Let me ask you a really interesting question. I'm dying to hear this yeah. from you. I alluded to it earlier. I'm dying to ask this question. The same way that betting has gone down, yeah. do you believe that the NFL is going to have to address cannabis as that continues to evolve in our society? Yeah, I think there'll be no policy, period. No policy. Just like everything that's when? evolved. I know you're guessing. Yeah, you have yeah. No idea. Well, listen, fun. I'm cover. I'm always into this collective bargaining that's coming up. Yeah. And and you the, know what? Real the, quick, this the, is really fun because I want you to educate. Tell people how much is mounting up of this big player versus owner. What is it? We got one more season. We got two seasons. Two more. Yeah. yeah. So this season's gonna play, but at the end of the 2020 yeah. season, played out ending in 2021. Ten year deal. They did in 11. Ten year deal. Extraordinary amount for a collective bargaining agreement. And most people think it went strongly in favor of the owners. The reason I bring up cannabis is the players want a lot of things. You know, better guarantees, better minimum spend, less commissioner intrusion into their personal lives. That's uh, get rid of franchise tag. I mean, there's a laundry list. They want to get rid of franchise tag? Yeah. But the laundry list is only if you have something to bargain with. And what do they have? Well, one thing is... Can they, would they give up an 18-game season? Would they Would they give up any requests for uh, protests? What's your hot take right now on how that collective bargaining agreement is going to play out? Will we miss football? Will there be games? This is super far out. No, we won't miss games. But I hope it's not because the union caves. I just don't get it. D. Smith and Roger Goodell have been extended contractually for years now, past 2021. But they're not bargaining. They're not talking. Why? Because A, they don't like each other or trust each other, but B, the owners have too good <laughs> a deal. Let's start with there. Too good a deal. Why would they negotiate? And C, the players don't have anything to bargain with. So what are they going to give to get cannabis? The, play, the players have to have to like really swallow the ultimate pill. The problem is most of them aren't going to save enough money right. to hold There's it. Too many. The only way you bargain is, the reason I win so many negotiations is I'm always willing to walk. Yeah. So, yeah it, it, the end. There's nothing else to say. For everybody who's watching, this is where we can help you. When you're negotiating. Leverage. <laughs> the ultimate leverage is being pumped about not having the deal happen. And who has the leverage is the, I'll add to that, the party with You're the, laughing because you, why are you laughing? Because you know that's that true? It's very true for you. Because you've seen a lot of weird shit, right? Where it yeah. seemed like something's about to happen at 11.59. I'm like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, you don't even sleep. I don't need anything from anybody about anything. Exactly. Status quo. Whoever's most comfortable with status quo is in the best position. If yeah, you don't just, like the status quo, that's why it's so hard. Baseball owners want a salary cap. Well, good luck with that. They've never had one. Try to get a salary cap in baseball. Football players, basketball players don't want a salary cap. Well, good luck with that. They've always had one. The one thing I've heard you say Please. is the stars, especially NBA. Oh, you've heard this thing? But also the bar even the bargaining part because LeBron and Paul are the leaders of the union. That has gravitas with owners, right? You know, nothing against Jeff Saturday and and all and and the guys that bargain for the NFL. But if you Jeff had... Saturday's face with Bob Kraft <laughs> yeah. as a Jets fan, that Colt <laughs> and that Patriot, yeah, that hugging. I was like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> Especially after Santonio Holmes got a huge contract and drank a bottle of Cristal on the front page of the New York Post. <laughs> the second we signed him, I knew we were dead. Oh, and on, in Twitter, in four minutes, he's drinking. Cristal, I'm like, we're That's finished. That's not a good sign. I'm like, we lost. <laughs> but I think, you know, if, if we, if... I love Santa. Pick a name. Knows. If Aaron, 
if Drew Brees, I mean, if they were actually at the bargaining table, I'm not saying it make millions, hundreds of millions of difference, but that means something. And you talk about stars in basketball. We're at, we're at a tipping point for that because Andrew, what can what can executives running big companies learn from the business of sports, in your opinion? Like, as you know, this is like yeah. this is actually like the next decade or two of how I think about a relationship. Like, obviously, you know, actually, here's a good segue. Like, Andrew's joining Vayner Sports, yeah, which uh, I'm excited about. Talk about that. You, how do you like AJ? Good guy. <laughs> yeah, AJ's the greatest. Your brother AJ. I want to say quickly. I've had since I left the Packers a few team calls, but really more on the agent side. And so everyone says, well, can you come and be our senior advisor on agents, tell our agents what to do, learn the business, be sort of a consultant, whatever it is. And I told you this the first time we met. I've told them all no, and my instinct was to tell you no, but, and I'm not saying this because you're here, you're different. And I'm seeing, I, I used the word when we started, the next. Because this is not, to me, the standard sports agency asking me to advise young agents. I saw a different part here because I saw you and I saw an ability that, hey, this can help me too. Of course. I can help out all your agents. Sure, I can bring them my knowledge, my expertise, my experience, maybe my gravitas in the business. But also, I can work with your brand. I want to do more speaking. Yep. I want to be more out there. I want to attract exactly what you're saying right now. Also, not only a sports audience and not only a sports business audience, but a business audience. Well, you know, it's funny, same for me. Like, a lot of people have asked AJ and I, and me specifically, to be frank, I can't, well, I can't speak for AJ, maybe for him too, but they're like, it's really interesting how you're building Vayner Sports. Like, why didn't you go out and get, like, you're Gary Vee, why didn't you go yeah. out and get, like, a top Agents, 10 yeah. agent? And I'm like, because I want to build my own culture. Like, yeah. if I went, got a big time top 10 guy or gal, I would have to be empathetic and respect that they would wanna bring whatever is their, and they've been doing it. When you're, the, for everybody who's looking to disrupt industries, and I've done it multiple times in my life, the yeah. number one rule is you can't bring somebody from the industry that has say to disrupt the industry. <laughs> right, right. Because they're gonna go into, well this is, like that's all they know. So we've been very methodical and I'm really excited about you, you, you jumping on board there. You but, and, I, you and okay. I are fixing the pieces. You're missing, a, everyone knows you and you've talked, I've heard about players that love you and text you and DM you and all this stuff, but they're not signing with you because, you know, the, the gravitas. We're 24 the, minutes old. The experience, 100%. Yeah. And they on look my me dead in the side, face and go, I really want to go with you, but like, you guys haven't done a deal like this. You don't have somebody who's been drafted in the first round. And the entire NFL agent and player ecosystem sells fear. I know. It's so funny for me to watch. And on my side, you know what the most fun is now? Yeah, the eleven guys in my DM right now that said no to me twenty-four months ago that are like, "Hey, Gary Vee, what's up? I know what's up, motherfucker. You <laughs> fucked up, dick. That's what's up." I know, and I get it on my side where I see people like, "Yeah, I read you, I follow you, but you know, I need scale." Well, what's you know? more interesting actually is when I audited and, and it was you know back to negotiating when we met. Yeah. You know, like I was like cool either way. I was excited to meet you. Like I didn't necessarily like you say. It's funny you say. I was thinking I was gonna say no to you guys too, and we courted you. Yeah. I was walked in there and was right there. Yeah, yeah, right. And I was like, I'm excited to meet. He's gonna. I hear he's a nice guy, so this is gonna be nice. But yeah. there was like no like. Oh my god, I have to have this guy. Right. Right. What was fun was actually this part. Was like when you were talking, I was like, holy shit, 
this guy actually needs to cross over into the business world yeah. because I genuinely believe, I'm gonna say it one more time, Coca-Cola, IBM, like you managed an institution as an executive and I believe the biggest mistake that current CEOs and board members of the most iconic brands in the world, and anybody who follows me knows that is my mission, right? I am going to buy an iconic brand, I'm gonna run it, I'm gonna flip it, I'm gonna buy the Jets, I'm gonna win some Super Bowls, and we're gonna call it a day. And I believe their biggest mistake is they don't realize they're running an institution. Yeah. You can't be the new CEO of Reebok, Coca-Cola. That's why Toys R Us failed. You have to know what you're managing. And you were managing something, it's very different. The end. Like you have to understand the trust involved in that organization. Trust breeds transparency, transparency breeds trust. You have to be honest, you have to know your brand. The, the other thing, the other reason I thought you could cross over, the amount of CEOs listening right now, big companies, who have two heir apparents for her spot, and it's, everybody knows that she's leaving in 18 months because it gets announced, and she has to decide. Managing those two forces is insanity. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. It was called Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. This is like stuff that like people don't get. This is why I love sports. <laughs> sports is business. Business is sport. AJ coined something cool. I don't know if he coined it, but I'd never heard it before, where he said business is the fifth major sport. Yeah. And it's, it's super right in real. There. Yeah. Dude, like like the amount of disruption that we're about to do into the sports agent world is really significant. And I love the way I do things. It happened with VaynerMedia too. I announced VaynerMedia. Then it was super quiet for the first three years. Like, just nice and humble doing our thing. Yeah. But then everyone's like, oh, what up, big shot? I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> I'm working on the concrete and the steel. You're trying to judge me on the painting I put in the wall and what kind of sink I have. You want to see the glitz of the building. I'm building steel and concrete. That's what Vayner Sports is right now. We're in steel and concrete. I'm gonna have a motherfucking chandelier. I'm gonna have the biggest pool, but the most fun is building steel and concrete. Because when you build steel and concrete, when you're patient, when you actually build something of truth, it's so easy to get first rounders. Yeah. It's called money. When no. you're building something real, that's steel and concrete. And then people judge, and that's why this is so fun for me. This is why I love starting new businesses. I love I being, Overrated at first, like here I am, I'm doing this, and everyone's like, oh. But then my real thrill is not the fucking cheers I get when I announce, it's the quiet booze behind my back I get two years later because people don't realize I'm running a marathon. Right, it's always the long game. I love that. I love the eyes of all the other agents that look at me when I go to these drafts or things, yeah, yeah. combine, they look at me, I see them. Agent meetings, And yeah. I look at them and they look at me, right? And I know exactly what they're thinking. They're thinking, hey, tough guy, you thought you were just gonna come in here and fucking do it? And I'm thinking, I know that you're thinking, hey, tough guy, I'm gonna just come in here. But what I'm really thinking is, I've got you now, because now you're sleeping. Now you're underestimating me. I'm gonna slice your fucking throat. <laughs> you used that word earlier, disruption. And I like would... That, that was some sick shit, right? I kind of, I don't know, this is what sports does. Unlike yeah. business, sports I mean, listen. gets, I'm willing to show a darker, It's I, you know this, Andy, when I, I'm a dark dude when we play pickup basketball. <laughs> Tell them. Yeah, I gotta uh, get in there. I gotta do some point guard work. Oh, I know, on. you're good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a good guy. You're being very nice. But listen, I'm inappropriate. You said the word disruption. I've, I was an agent 30 years ago with the same guys who are, the who are at now? the top of the game now. That's right. I, I won't mention names, 
but they're the same guys. So where has the disruption been? There hasn't been. What's There's going been on? consolidation. Everyone wants to be an agent. I deal with students. I deal with young people all the time. Oh, every, you're and about, I, you, do you know how bombarded you're about to get? Let's put it like, <laughs> you're about to get destroyed on Twitter by every 21-year-old well, at me, Syracuse, Maryland, and Michigan saying, yo, can I get in? Like, I hit up AJ, I hit up Gary. <laughs> now I need, like, you're about to get destroyed. Well, let me ask him this then. What makes you different? So what is your different? What is your special sauce? What is your differentiator? Because everyone wants to be, I'm, I look at kids no like, shit, you I know the offensive line is of your college football team. <laughs> like, so does everybody why else, would dick? a player sign with you? Why? Just tell me. So you have to answer that question. Well, I went. I was number one in my class. Well, no, number one what in your class. You better your... not say that to me. I was fucking last in my class. So you've got to figure fucking, it out. You're soft if you're number one in your class. And I always tell people that want to get into sports, never say, "I love sports." That's the worst thing. Everybody we, starts assumed. with that. By the way, right. everyone starts with that. Everyone. And it's I, stupid. It pisses me off to no end. <laughs> it's stupid. And so I say, and I borrow this from another podcast besides you that I listen to all the time, this guy, um, Tim Ferriss. Yes, Tim's amazing. He's the best. So he says, go narrow, go deep. And that's perfect advice. You want to be in a, a GM? No, no. What do you want to do as a GM that's different than what's being done now. You want to manage, I'll give you mine. You I will draft a quarterback <laughs> okay. in the first round of every single NFL draft. First round. Every time. Because if, and you'd have those coaches screaming at be, you every year. I got Sam Darnold right now, right? <laughs> yeah. So I would draft Daniel Jones in this draft, yeah. right? Ty, like I would draft a quarterback, Drew Locke. And if Sam is uncomfortable with me drafting another quarterback, then he's not the guy anyway. Until you have a guy... I draft the quarterback in the first round. But plus, plus, I think it's an under, underrated asset. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll challenge you, Please. asset. That's a tremendous capital, your number one pick. That's precious, precious Not asset. like it used to be. Not like when you were around. It's not as big of a hit anymore, bro. Not so it's much. Just, I'm not even it's talking not. financially. I'm talking you only have one, right? You only have your chance at the top players once. Yep. But the math Use it on someone that's not going to yeah, play. But, but that, that means that you believe that the first round materializes in the top players. Well. No, this is real, right? I mean, this is yeah, what gets I interesting. Mean, the NFL's wild. I mean, like, this is what I keep telling AJ. This is why I'm so excited. Like, I'm very nerdy about Vaynersports. You know this. Yeah. Like, I'm already looking at kids that I think are fourth, third and fourth round picks to the next draft. Next year, yeah. Because I'm like, look, like fucking fourth round, like her cousins fucking, I mean, I don't even want to go. It's embarrassing to even go into it because the amount of pro bowlers in the third round is equal to the first round. It just yeah. is. It's an inexact science, and you spend, I mean, having lived it, you see so many man hours and millions of dollars spent on scouting, and people miss. Miss? You know, so what is left the... Left and right. <laughs> Analytics. people miss left, and I'll tell you the thing. Analytics that, is getting very involved in scouting now, for people who don't know that. Emotional you know, intelligence yeah. needs to become a much bigger part of the equation. And I think the interview process, I think people, you know, you have this, what went on with Billy Bean 20 years ago is going on. Still, where you have the old line of scouts at Bird Dog at the camp. Yeah, they're like, I like his jawline. Yeah, and then girlfriend's you have, hot. You have the nerds. Stupidest shit of all time. But then you have the nerds saying never draft a running back under 190 unless yeah, it's. Yeah, and fourth. those fucking idiots are wrong too. That's okay. why VaynerMedia is winning. Same so, thing's happening in the ad world. Right. You have art. I like this video. The creatives. And then you have media saying don't pay over $3 CPMs. And they're both wrong. It's the marriage of the conflict of the two with a singular human in the middle that can juggle conflicting DNA. And data. That's what people, organizations need. No shit. They need that. I was at, at Green Bay. My real role was being a balance. I was the fulcrum between the football yep. side and the business side. And the football side was like, we need him today. When are you going to sign? Can we get the player on the field today? Business side was, 
what about when the CBA expires in 2024? I mean, like, so sometimes I was the voice of aggression to the mm -hmm. business. I'm like, I need to spend a million dollars right here now. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the voice of caution to football, like, what? We spent enough on D-line this this year. We're going to get that guy next year. So you have to be that balance point in a calm and rational way and be professional as much as you can to make people feel good in a while world, you're saying in no. In a world where former coaches and athletes... Oh, actually, I got a crazy Joe Theismann story. Yeah? I was about to say, you just talked for two minutes and the world just got to see why I'm so excited about this partnership. Thanks mainly because you're talking like a big time CEO. And as somebody who speaks a lot and goes around the country and sees former athletes and coaches speak at conferences to like, you know, yeah. it's a big thing. I always, yeah. I like it, but I'm like, Ugh, that was a bad waste of money. Motivational like stuff. That's right, it's a way too rah-rah, it's not real. And when, what I saw in you, I'm like, ooh, that's exactly real. That's exactly what I do really well. And that's why I'm a good speaker because I'm giving macro. I'm rah-rah as fuck, but if you listen right. carefully, it's fucking detailed as shit to what you need. And authentic. That's for sure. And but there's a lot of authentic, but real quick, quick Joe yeah, Theismann yeah. story. Joe Theismann is the opening keynote to the Remax convention at the MGM Grand, 30,000, fucking 18,000, like a ton of people. <laughs> I think everybody who speaks sucks. I'm in the green room just working. But I'm working on my phone and I'm like kind of like catching it. And I'm like, wait a minute, is Joe Theismann a great speaker? So I kind of lean in and I'm like, oh fuck, Joe Theismann's a great speaker. Like he crushed it. It was really good. Really? Yeah, yeah. But here's, I can where, see the, that. here's where the story gets real good. I'm mic'd and ready to go. Theismann's coming off. Theismann comes off stage. I'm about to go on. By the way, Tail end to this story is what I'm about to tell you in the punchline. You could actually go on the internet and see. This actually, like, that's what I love about things being documented. <laughs> he comes off, you know, he's a much bigger guy than me, quarterback, looks yeah. at me, looks me dead in the face, just kills it. Everyone's clapping like crazy. There's no reason for him to do what he's about to do. He just looks at me, goes, Good luck, kid. <laughs> he tried to ice me. So, Theisman. What Theismann didn't know was who the fuck he was talking to. So I go out there, opening, this is on the internet, it's, uh, if you wanna Google it, uh, Remax, Remax Gary Vaynerchuk keynote, I'm sure you'll find it. You see me coming out, a guy introduced me, and my opening line is, wasn't that amazing? Let's hear it one more time for Joe Theismann. <laughs> then I go, how many people here knew who Joe Theismann was before he got on stage? Everybody raises their hand. I go, how many of you know who I am? Spattering hands. <laughs> and then I go on, here it is. And there I go on, and I fucking destroy the place. <laughs> I give a monument, because I'm pissed. I'm 24th pick overall. Because <laughs> right. Dyson decided to you punk me for no chip, fucking reason. Yeah. I go and fucking destroy this keynote. It ends. Dyson didn't get a standing ovation. I did. <laughs> standing ovation, tear down the place. And then I go, take that, Joe. Was he back there? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> That's awesome. That's my Joe Theismann story. That's awesome. I mean, and he's, yeah, I saw his leg broke. That's, that was, I'll never forget it. What, what last parting shot, like what do you want to talk, we didn't talk about Villanova where you're doing a lot of great yeah. work in academia. Anything else you want to sneak in here in the last minute or two? Yeah, I mean, what I've tried to, it's sort of where I started. And what's your Twitter handle? Yeah, I'm at, at Andrew Brandt. It's easy to find. Direct? 
direct like, like no underscores. yeah and uh you put it up there yeah. i mean what i've tried to do for these past nine years is really for lack of a better phrase gary give back you I know, know because i know why I whether like it's you. teaching talking podcasting lecturing writing i write my weekly column at mmqb uh the sports illustrated my podcast which we may be you know doing some stuff with you guys yes we got um give them back because i've i've been able to gain this knowledge and you know what as a team guy and even as an agent guy they can't talk i mean they're all party line they all say the same things our team's great our players are great what i've been able to do is talk and it's been liberating about what goes on behind the curtain about what goes on inside the ropes and give back that knowledge to young people to older professionals looking at, because as you said this business of sports is business it's out there and it all transfers it's all transferable to everyone everything everyone does so yeah i mean follow me on twitter i'll be working with gary we're going to do some exciting things here too i agree question of the day you get to ask a question what have you been thinking about what's top of mind what's in the culture you got thousands of entrepreneurs uh, uh, listening live now and then obviously with the podcast a lot of people are gonna listen to it so they may reply to you on Twitter what's your question for the masses and this is like yeah. when I have guests on I always tell them either a burning question that you've always had or something you're trying to get insight of right this minute that you're curious about the temperature of the collective right yeah. now yeah I guess to me you know even a sports context as much as a, a, a real-world context what's the future of data interesting and and even on the you know i'm kind of a fitness nerd freak i do yep. my races yep. what about the you know we, we have apple watches we have fitbits but we're just at the, we're just tipping the iceberg here i mean it's we're gonna know in a few years you know what don't lead the audience to the answer okay all right you'll get to you'll where's data content. going awesome. where is data going where are measurables going where are wearables and going? your website you have one i have my own yeah, yeah. What andrew is it? Andrew-Brandt.com. Who's got AndrewBrandt.com? Somebody. Somebody who wanted too much money for the name? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even use it. Um, columns on MMQB.com, Business of Sports Podcast. I run a program at Villanova. We've got a big event next Friday, a week from today. We're going to have Michael Rubin. Nice. Uh, is going to speak. Future sports stuff. Darren Ravel will be there. Michelle Roberts, head of the NBA PA. Uh, Val Ackerman, the head of the Big East Conference. I'll be interviewing them all. So that'll be fun, awesome. too. More at Symposium. Uh, but all kinds of things going on. And again, I tweet a lot. And uh, I think you're going to get me into these, some of the other social media channels we that sure I have been are. doing. It's awesome. Andrew, thanks for being on. Pleasure. Really enjoyed it. You keep asking questions. We'll keep answering them. Yeah.